0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. I think that many of you uh, with children, grandchildren, have been around kids, can identify with this. Occasionally, when our kids are talking too much, I confess to you, and getting on our nerves, we try and play a game that parents have probably played for thousands of years. Who can be quiet the longest? It's a good one. It's a key game for long amounts of time together in small spaces. We'll certainly play it multiple times in our 15-hour upcoming flight to Armenia this summer. And to be fair though, I shouldn't just pick on the kids. The reality is that neither kids nor adults have an easy time staying quiet for, never mind 15 hours, 15 minutes, 15 seconds, without great discomfort. Yes, they even have a scientific study about that. They took groups of people, I think they were business people, and they found out that people get uncomfortable with silence in about four seconds in America and about eight seconds in Japan. We don't tolerate silence well. That's why we always frantically fill them up in conversations at work, even in worship. Throw the smartphone into the mix, and now you can barely stand to be silent with yourself, perhaps, for more than 15 seconds before you grab for a phone. And this modern avoidance of silence, I'm sure it does all kinds of bad things to intimacy between partners and to people's mental health and surely to young kids' development, but perhaps its greatest ill effect is on our spiritual development, because all old Christian traditions, including ours, have always maintained that silence plays a key role in spiritual development. Just to name a few examples in the Old Testament, which is replete with passages extolling the virtues of silence. Be still and know that I am God, writes the psalmist and I will be exalted among the eight nations, I will be exalted in the earth. So paradoxically from that Psalm, you see that our silence before God somehow makes him speak louder. And then in Psalm 62 we read, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. And there we see that silence seems to be key to discernment. It helps us to know which voice is of God, And which ones aren't. And finally, we even read that silence helps us take just action. The Lord will fight for you, we read in Exodus, and you have only to be silent. And perhaps the greatest demonstration of the importance of silence in the spiritual life can be found in the book of the prophet. Elijah, whose feast we actually celebrate in the Armenian church today. If you heard in today's readings, you see how Elijah became this superstar prophet of God. You may have remembered me preaching about the story from the Old Testament when he defeats all of the idols very publicly, the heads of state, the heads of religion, and displays the one true God's power. But the importance of silence follows right after today's reading leaves off because obviously the royals and the priests and the power brokers were pretty embarrassed to be defeated by Elijah and his God and were looking for revenge. And so frightened, Elijah takes off for the mountains and he waits for God's next big sign. And it says that Elijah looked for God in the wind and like when God parted the Red Sea for Moses. Then Elijah looked for God in the earthquake, as when God shook the mountain, speaking to Moses. And then Elijah looked for God in the fire, as when God led his people through the wilderness by a pillar of fire. But God was not in the wind, he was not in the earthquake, and he was not in the fire. Elijah was looking for God in all of the known ways that he had come to know him before, but God was not there, only silence. I expect some of you can imagine Elijah's despair. It shouldn't be hard to imagine. If sometimes you found your old ways of praying don't seem to be working, if sometimes our sacred and beautiful hymns and scriptures seem rote and obscure, If sometimes it seems as though God has turned his back and can't be found in the usual places, not in church, not in prayer, not in life, just silence. But it is just in that silence, eventually, where Elijah's God was found. No longer distracted by the many old ways of hearing God, Elijah becomes attuned to that still, small voice of God, is how the Bible puts it, the still, small voice of God, and Elijah's overcome by God's presence. And Elijah reminds us, Elijah reminds us that faith is not really faith until the darkness comes, until we begin to hear God after a long silence, And what an important message for today in a world starved of silence. For faith is the patience to hang in there when all seems wrong and God seems absent. And faith is waiting for God when God no longer comes as of old. And faith is keeping your eyes and your ears open to discern God's presence in the most unexpected and unusual ways not in sounds, but in silence, not in action, but in stillness, not as of old, but as of right now. To put it how we did last Sunday, God's silence is not a rejection, but a reorientation. Silence is the beginning of letting go of our own will and putting our trust in God. And in silence, we find a new yearning for God, and from our yearning, that's where new faith is born. So if the old ways of being with God aren't working for you, and if you're getting the answers, you aren't getting the answers you want, or sometimes anything at all from God, don't despair. and play a little game with God of who can be quiet the longest. Stop what you're doing, stop where you're looking, turn everything off and listen to the still, small voice of God. Because when prayer is in the faintest whisper, the only way to hear is to get very close to God and to move far from the noise of our lives. In this silence, we will begin, we will begin to hear with our hearts what ear alone cannot hear, that still small voice of God, which is mightier than thunder and echoes God's grace over all creation, now and always.